You're listening to Email Friday on Law and Gospel on this April the 1st in the year of our Lord, 2022. Let's say you hear about Christians who converted to Christianity from another religion, and then they were accused of going against the laws of the land. But then in a court case, they were acquitted. But then afterwards, certain people in that area instructed the 10 Christian converts that they needed to participate in re-education classes by people who were not Christian, according to a Watchdog report. Well, it sounds like an April Fool's joke, doesn't it? on this day. But guess what? It's not. This actually is happening in Iran. Intelligent agents in Transkuzestan province have instructed 10 Christian converts who had been cleared of all charges to participate in re-education classes led by Islamic clerics, agents of Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, told the 10 Christians, including eight who were cleared last November of any crime in court, that they will have to attend 10 sessions with Islamic clerics to put them back into the right path. Now, this is going on in other countries. And we can find it sometimes even in the United States. I mean, how many Christians are being accused these days because of their views on pregnancy, on their views on marriage, that are not contrary to God's will, but are contrary to many people who are living in these situations. The group in Iran also summoned the converts that they must appear. And those who didn't appear were called and asked why they had not appeared for re-education classes. Last April, uh, many of them were arrested and charged with propaganda against the Islamic Republic because they participated in a house church, uh, according to an earlier report. This group who was against them summer, summoned other Christian converts for interrogation at the time. The four arrested had personal property confiscated, and they were going to be given nearly six months in order that their children's schoolwork, laptops, and mobile phones would be taken away. 
Now, the U.S.-based persecution watchdog International Christian Concern states that the mandatory Islamic re-education classes directly conflict with the rulings of the Civil and Revolutionary Court in Iran that said the group merely converted to a different religion. The court noted that this apostasy could be punished under Islamic Sharia law, but that was not criminalized in the laws of Iran. So these people are trying to get the Sharia law to run the country. Then Christians will be even imprisoned for becoming Christians. The courts ruled that though they became Christians, these groups did not carry out any propaganda against other groups. Now that seems to be really important in countries. It's one thing to convert to another religion, even against the religion that is established for that country. That doesn't seem to be a problem. But if you start doing propaganda against other churches, you can be in a real problem, according to this email. Now, here in the United States, when we do adult instruction, we do talk about other denominations and how Lutheranism, for example, does not agree with the Roman Catholics on praying to Mary or purgatory. We do not agree with the Baptists in not baptizing children. Uh, we do not agree with the Reformed in saying that it's really not the Lord's Supper. We believe it is a sacrament and is a true spiritual supper that God has instituted. Well, in that sense, we could be accused of propaganda against other religions. And I'm talking about that we speak against other Christian religions that have errors in these areas. I'm not even talking about religions that aren't even Christian, which, of course, we do speak of against also. So, in 2021, Revolutionary Guards in Iran were responsible for 12 of the 30 documented incidents of Christians being arrested or their homes and churches being raided. In fact, the email says so-called re-education ses sessions have become much more common in recent years, even appearing in the less list of corrective punishments on office court papers. So converts from Islam to Christianity are most at risk of persecution in Iran, especially in the government, and to a lesser extent by society 
and their families. We, we do know of some Muslim families that really are against their children and relatives who turn Christian. And in fact, it's not at all unusual to hear of a father putting to death his daughter because she turned Christian. The government sees the growth of the church in Iran as an attempt by Western countries to undermine Islam and the Islamic regime of Iran, the fact sheet states, house groups made up of converts from Muslim backgrounds are often raided, and both their leaders and members have been arrested, prosecuted, and given long prison sentences for crimes. And what is the charge? They're against national security. Now, there's no doubt that Iran is an Islamic republic, and Shia Islam is the official religion of the country. Here in the United States, we have no official religion. So you are able to worship any way you want. We've often talked about Christians who are being persecuted for being a Christian. But I would say the same thing about a Muslim who is being persecuted for living their faith. We may disagree with what they have to say, but they still have the right to say it and have that faith in the United States because of freedom of speech. In fact, we want them to be able to share with us what their religious beliefs are so that we can discuss with them how those religious beliefs are contrary to the will of God. Remember, during the book of Acts, it was not at all unusual for the disciples to preach Christ and him crucified. In fact, one day, and this is in Acts, they healed a man who was lame since birth and proclaimed that that healing was done by Jesus Christ, not by the two apostles who were there. And it says that 5,000 men were converted to Christianity because of that. Of course, the Jews were not happy with that. I'm talking about the unbelieving Jews. They had already crucified Jesus and other Christians were whipped or put to death. In fact, Paul himself, before he became the apostle on the road to Damascus, he himself was hunting down Christians to imprison them, and a number of them were put to death. Because Iran is an Islamic republic, and Shia Islam is the official religion, is therefore illegal 
for Muslim citizens to convert or renounce their religious beliefs. Conversion from Islam is considered a crime by some punishable by death, according to Sharia law. It is also unlawful for Christians to share the gospel with Muslims. Proselytizing is a criminal offense. Now, what do we mean by proselytizing? Proselytizing is not only when you leave one religion to become Christian, it's really when you leave any religion. For example, a Christian may decide that instead of Christianity, he wants to believe in what the Jehovah Witnesses or the Mormons teach. He then could become a Mormon, say. That would be an act of proselytization, and he would not be punished by that in the United States. But in Iran, you almost have to practice your Christianity in secret. In fact, in 2020, there was a survey of around 50,000 Iranians over the age of 20, and it found that 1.5% of respondents identified themselves as Christian. Now, if you take a look at Iran's population of more than 30 million, the number of Christians in Iran is probably in the magnitude of almost a million. And that was done by the Netherlands-based secular research paper, Gaman. Iran ranks as the ninth worst country globally when it comes to Christian persecution, according to Open Doors USA's 2021 World Watch list. Iran is listed by the U.S. State Department as a country of particular concern for engaging in severe violations of religious freedom. Now, you would think that the longer that Christianity goes on, well, the better it would be accepted. That also is an April Fool's joke. Uh, for example, let's look at the scripture. First uh, Timothy, Paul is writing to Timothy, and in chapter 4, he says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared. That means they're burned by the devil. That, that was a conscience that Adam and Eve had, listening to the devil, thinking that God did not want them to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and not because it was wrong, but because they would become like God. 
and they believed the devil until they realized they were sinning. And therefore, in the insincerity of themselves as liars, their consciences were seared. Now, chapter 4 of 1 Timothy uh, gives a couple of ways in which Christianity is forbidden. It says, there are those who forbid marriage and require abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. So I'm not opposed to someone being a vegetarian for health reasons. But if you think that God insists that you must be a vegetarian so you do not kill animals, then you do not understand that God permits us to eat any food. In in fact, verse 4 continues, Everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. And remember, when Peter was up on that roof, just before he talked to the centurion Cornelius, he had that vision of a blanket coming down out of heaven and was told to eat the food that was represented by what was in the blanket, but it was unclean food. And he said three times to God, no, I will not eat of it. And God told him what he has declared to be clean that Peter ought not regard as unclean. And that was a lesson about the Gentiles. They are not unclean, and they are to be regarded as equal to the Christians in receiving the message of Jesus Christ. Timothy is encouraged in verse 6 of chapter 4 of 1 Timothy If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Now, what would I consider to be a silly myth in Christianity today? Well, evolution is a perfect example. There's, first of all, no true scientific evidence that an apple can become a giraffe, because that's what evolution believes, that things evolved not only into different kinds of fruit, but into different kinds of animals. I mean, what were the odds of that? Well, some will say, well, that's how God created the world. But that's not what God says. God says, I created the entire universe in six 24-hour days. And so to believe in a silly myth like evolution is really an act of idolatry. 
because we're saying God did not create the world as he said he did and as Jesus remarked that he did. Instead, Timothy is to train the congregation for godliness. Now, Paul even mentions that bodily training is of some value, but godliness is of better value in every way. Why? According to verse 8, it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Now, we may wonder, well, look at in Iran, what promise do they have? Well, they have the promise that even though they are being persecuted, God will be with them to get them through that persecution, to overcome that temptation. And even if they are put to death, heaven is their home. So, verse 9 of First Timothy chapter 4, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end, we toil and strive. Why? Because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. This is very important to understand. And therefore, when we take a look around the world, we can be thankful that here in the United States, yes, there is some persecution against Christians. Some are removed from their work. They're no longer permitted to go to the office or wherever they are working because they have views contrary to the people in the world today. And those views are, of course, biblical views which people in the world are against. And so we ought not be surprised that in a country that has decided that their religion is going to be something other than Christianity, that Christians therefore are persecuted for not following what that religion says. But that's part of the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who are persecuted for my name's sake. We can remember that all things that happen to us work out for the good. And there's no temptation that comes to you that isn't common to other Christians. And that with the temptation, God will provide the strength to endure it and also provide a way of escape. Now, you may end up in prison and even worse, but the escape, of course, is that heaven is your home. And there will be a time then when you will be in a location where there is no pain, no persecution, no health problems, no death, no grief because you're back in the Garden of Eden, as the Bible often describes what heaven is like.
Because according to Revelation, in heaven, there is the tree of life. And you will be able to receive the fruit of the tree of life and live forever. In fact, it's one of the reasons that God had removed Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden so that they would not eat from the tree of life and then live forever in their sinful condition. God created you to be in a sinless situation. And because we all sin according to the will of God or against the will of God, it means that he is the one who's going to bring us back into a perfect righteousness with him as we receive Christ's righteousness at the same time that he has received our sin and paid the price for our great sin. This is wonderful good news, and it helps as a comfort to strengthen Christians who are persecuted for the faith, as is happening in a number of countries. And today, particularly from this email from Iran. As we continue with Law and Gospel this Monday, we'll be taking a look at another Bible passage from a Law and Gospel perspective and show what a huge difference is the faith of the Christian in comparison to the thinking of the world. I'm Tom Baker. Thanks for listening. Join us on Monday as you hear more about law and gospel. God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check out to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod.